Good morning, friends and foes. This is Back of the Cereal Box, the pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth while surviving adulthood today. And I am your host, John Pica, the prophet of pop culture. You can call me Johnny. And on this audio-only exclusive episode, I want to take up an issue that has been bugging me for weeks. And that is the cause of the failure, the truth behind the failure of Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. And we are going to do that right after this from The Murdering Crows. It's like Coca-Cola, Levi Strauss, Johnny Carson and Mickey Mouse. The first star was James Dean. Elvis Presley, yeah, he's still the king. Some things are only imitatable. You can't be that original. All right, that theme song is brought to you by our friends, The Murdering Crows, and you can get their album, Four Bad Crows, at Amazon, Google, Apple Music, wherever you buy music. And of course, we want to thank our Cereal Box super friends, Sharice Collins, Eli Cash, Cindy Kep, Dave Manginelli, Dave Mattingly, Crystal, and Greg Jones. And you can be a super cereal box super friend at buymeacoffee.com slash cereal box pod. If you love our show, go contribute, buy us a bowl of cereal, two, three, the whole box. Actually, go do that right now. We'll wait. All right, we're back. So I want to talk about The Fury of the Gods, Shazam 2. Now, you might be wondering, Johnny, what does Shazam, the movies, have to do with Saturday mornings and the back of the cereal box? Well, we are a pop culture podcast that celebrates the fun of the Saturdays of our youth while surviving adulthood today. And it is true for me, Saturday mornings meant big bowls of cereals, cartoons, comic books, kaiju movies, kung fu movies, and, you know, at around noon, mom would kick us out of the house and we would be gone until the lights, the street lights came on. But a big part of my Saturday was Shazam, the live action television show and the cartoon series by Filmation and several other iterations that would air on Saturday mornings, the Shazam Isis Hour in both live action and animated form, and Shazam and Isis as part of the Tarzan and the Super 7, it was a thing in the 80s, 70s and 80s, Shazam was a big part of the Saturdays of my youth, and comic books were a big part, and Shazam was a part of the DC alternate universe, the Earth 2 universe when I was a kid. This was after DC acquired Fawcett Comics and 
yada, yada, yada. We can, you know, go on a tangent about that. But I was reading Shazam stories and watching Shazam stories on TV as part of my Saturday experience. And to be quite honest with you, Shazam has always been my favorite DC character. And whether you want to, you know, call him by his original name, Captain Marvel, or refer to him by the popular vernacular, Shazam, I always related to this character. A little kid who could say a magic word and become Earth's mightiest hero. There was something very, very appealing to me about that in a kind of a guttural, instinctual way. And I think that's why originally Shazam really was the more popular character, even more popular than Superman for years. But he's always been my favorite. I love Shazam, I love Captain Marvel, and the entire Marvel family. So the first movie comes out, it does gangbusters. People loved it. And it came out to a bunch of, you know, ballyhoo, a lot of fanfare, a huge marketing budget, and it did exceptionally well. But Shazam 2 came out two weekends ago now, and not only has it underperformed at the box office, some will even say that it is a flop. And I want to talk about why that is, the truth of it. it. has nothing to do with the quality of the movie, because the movie is really, really good. It's a straightforward, family-friendly, Saturday matinee action-adventure movie. The... The superheroics are fantastic. The story elements with the family connections were really good. The special effects were so good that you didn't realize that you were watching special effects. Like, never once did I think to myself, wow, the the CGI on that dragon is really great. Because the dragon was so real. It didn't even occur to me until later that it was CGI. Solid movie. Helen Mirren was a great villainess. Lucy Liu was really great. Zachary Levi did a great performance. All of the characters were really solid standout characters. And the story, you know, it wasn't earth shattering, but it was good. It was solid. It was popcorn flick fun. And this movie should have done a whole lot better than it did. But here are the reasons why it didn't. One, marketing. This movie was so under-marketed, it, it's almost criminal. You know, in, in the past, we've had great movies like Lightyear and in particular John Carter, who were basically sabotaged by poor marketing. This was sabotaged by poor marketing, but in a completely different way. It was sabotaged by subversive marketing almost no marketing the mistake that DC and Warner Brothers made was they let the James Gunn announcement and all of the James Gunn news and interviews and the focus on the flash and the constant airing of the flash trailers starting with the Super Bowl they allowed those two elements to completely suck the air out of the room for Shazam 2. 
I've talked to so many people who didn't even know that it had already come out. They they know about the Flash. They're excited about the Flash that comes out in the summer, but they had forgotten completely about Shazam too. Or all they're talking about, all people are talking about, is James Gunn this, James Gunn that, restore the Snyderverse, sell the Snyderverse, James Gunn is horrible, James Gunn is awesome, James Gunn is going to kill the DCU, James Gunn is be the savior. And all of this discussion completely sucked the air out of the room for Shazam 2. And that's a shame. That That's DC, Warner Brothers, you should be ashamed of yourselves. You should have held the Flash trailer until this movie. The Flash trailer should have led Shazam 2. You should not have shown that movie at the Super Bowl. You should not have shown that trailer at the Super Bowl. You should not have started airing that trailer before Shazam 2. That's marketing 101. I mean, that's a massive mistake. Whoever made that decision should be fired. Two, you should never have announced the James Gunn shakeup until all of the current slate of movies finished airing. That that is going to impact the Flash. That's going to impact Blue Beetle. Blue, 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 first thing in my new tongue, Blue Beetle. That's going to impact Aquaman. And you know, a lot of people are telling me. Why would I want to invest my time and money to go see these movies that aren't going to matter because they're going to be erased and wiped out of the canon once James Gunn takes over? And that may or may not be true. If you saw Shazam, spoiler alert, there is a mid-credit scene where Shazam, and by the way, spoiler alert, that is the official name given to the hero played by Zachary Levi, Billy Batson, Shazam, is his superhero name, not Captain Marvel. That is confirmed in the final scene with the wizard. But there's a mid-credit scene where the agents of the Justice Society of America come and recruit Shazam. Now, the Justice Society of America was seen in Black Adam, on TV, they've been seen on the CW as part of Stargirl. I don't think they're the same organization. The agents that came after Shazam to recruit him are two of the agents from the Peacemaker series by James Gunn. So the indication is that Shazam is going to be a part of the James Gunn DC universe going forward. But there was nothing in the marketing that would indicate that. There's been nothing from James Gunn that says, no, 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 you guys should go see this movie because it is a part of what I'm carrying forward. I think if he had done that, more people would have been vested. So those are reasons number one and two. Really reason number one, A and B. Poor marketing. But the other reason that people have not gone to see this movie in the theater is that there is zero buzz from the media. And again, that goes back to the marketing. But for whatever reason, the media has just not talked about this. There's no controversy. There's no, uh, you know, there's no uh, toxic fandom attacking this movie. Every review I've read has been positive. 
very few people. I don't read people saying that this is hot garbage and a bunch of trash, which is good. However, when there is controversy and and you know fan division about a movie, it actually fuels the interest in the movie. So, in this case, there was zero media buzz, which is too bad. Warner Brothers, DC, they can do some things about that. They can hire additional publicists to gin up interest in the mainstream media. But, you know, when people are not seeing the trailers because they're just not marketing it and the the trailer that's being put in front of everything is the flash it's really hard to gin up that media buzz so there was zero buzz poor marketing but here's the main reason people did not go to see this and this is something that DC and Marvel and Lucasfilm and Disney have done to themselves they have trained audiences to wait for it to come out on streaming Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods if I were to bet is going to be on streaming within two weeks after it closes in the theaters which judging on its performance will be after four weeks so six weeks from release till it ends up on streaming most fans are willing to wait and instead of paying $15 for a ticket and it by the way, at Regal, for new movies, you pay more. I paid $21 to see Shazam 2 Fury of the Gods because it was a new release. And Regal Cinemas, are, uh, they, are, they are doing tiered pricing on their releases. I don't like that. For my money, I'm going to stick to NCG going forward. But... It hit theaters two weeks ago. It'll maybe be in the theaters another week, maybe two, four weeks tops. And then two weeks later, it's on streaming. And it's on a streaming platform that people are already paying a monthly fee to subscribe to. Like, it'll be on HBO Max. And why would I, as a consumer, pay $15 per ticket or more to go see that movie when I know I'm going to get it streaming in the next couple of weeks on a platform that I already only pay 10 bucks a month for. And that $10 a month gives me all of the other content that I can enjoy. And it's no additional cost for my family to sit down and watch it with me. So family of four, we're looking at 15 times four, that's 30, 45 uh, 50 bucks or 60 bucks, 60 bucks to take a family of four to see that movie in the theaters. Whereas if I wait two weeks after its initial run, I'm going to get it basically for free. The perception is free. Yes, I'm paying the monthly subscription, but there's no additional cost. And so in my mind, it's free. And, and Disney and Marvel, Lucasfilm, Pixar, WB, DC, they have all trained audiences to wait. Sony has done it right. Universal has done it right. And it looks like major studios have not learned a 
thing from from Maverick, Top Gun 2. Tom Cruise insisted that that movie stay in the movie theater, and it was in the theaters for six months, maybe longer in some places. And he insisted it was theatrical release only. And it's, I don't, I don't even know if it's still on streaming services. What Hollywood needs to do is they need to change their training. They need to make theatrical releases exclusive to the theater for one year. No streaming, no home video, no DVD, no Blu-ray releases for a year. That's how it was when I was a kid. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, sometimes you had to wait up to three years to get a movie on home video. So they need to do that. They need to retrain the audience not to wait to get it for free. I guarantee you, once this hits HBO Max, it's going to be one of the most watched series, one of the most watched movies on HBO Max this year. People are going to love it. They're going to watch it. They're going to talk about it. They're going to, there's going to be buzz once it hits streaming. But that does not help the box office. That does not help the budget. They're still going to lose major amounts of money on that. So poor marketing, no media buzz, and we've trained audiences to wait for streaming platforms. That's why this movie failed. Anyway, those are my thoughts. I've rambled on for 15 minutes. I'd love to know your thoughts about Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods. You can post a comment right here on the podcast. If you're listening on Spotify, you can send us an email. Go old school at serialboxpodcast at gmail.com. If you're listening on Spotify or Anchor, you can send us a voicemail. There's a voicemail link right in the show notes. And you can join our discussion on Facebook, on our Facebook page, at Serial Box Podcast. And as always, if you love our shows, and if you agree with me about any of this, if you disagree with me on any of this, please like, comment, share this episode, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on or watching on, and contribute. Become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com slash CerealBoxPod. If you hate our shows, donate even more generously to help us improve just for you. Well, guys and gals, friends and foes, that is it for this episode, this audio-only exclusive. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. And until the next time, tell two, three hundred of your closest friends and family to come share the fun. Love you, mean it. We'll catch you on the back of the cereal box.